Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. We've been talking about the three chairs. I just want to just touch it real fast, okay? Because first chair is commitment, second chair is compromise, third chair is complacency, which always leads to, you know, just yucky junk in your life, okay? Conflict. You don't want to be at conflict with God. And, and, you know, but a lot of times complacency sneaks up on us and we just, because we, we, we become satisfied with certain things in our life and, and, and we, we just kind of quit per, participating in that. We just, we, we quit pressing in and, 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 uh, and we don't see it as a compromise. We just see it as like, hey, we're finally here and, and, and I got it made. And that's, that's never God's plan for your life. You're, you're, you're not a settler. Okay? You're just not a settler, so don't settle. But whatever you do, you know, recognize where you are in every area of your life. Because if you, if you can't get honest about where you're at, then even when direction comes to where you're going, the directions don't make sense. It doesn't make any sense if, if you don't recognize that you're at that point and the directions, and, and that's where the, the directions start from. It, it just doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. So you, you have to be able to look at your life. Take heed to yourself. I think it's what the Bible says. Take heed to yourself. See where you're at, man, and, and just get real because God wants you to grow, and you want to grow. See, here's the deal. Is God's going to take your life and make it better. God's going to take your future, make it brighter, make it bigger. God, God's going to take your situation, and, and, and he's going to show you the way through, and he, he's going to bring deliverance and freedom to your life, to every area of your life. If Remember John 8, if you continue in my word. If, if, if you continue. And Jesus was talking to a group of believers. He wasn't talking to the lost. He was talking, read it. It says, and to those Jews which believed on Jesus, he said unto them, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And those guys looked at Jesus and said, who do you think you're talking to, man? We're not in bondage. We, we're, we're part of the family, part of the clan, Abraham. You know, we, we've been all up in there for our entire life. And Jesus had to go on and explain it to him because the reality is, is that if you can't see your bondage, you're never going to see your freedom. If you can't see where you are, you're never going to see where you could have been. You're never going to see where God's taken you. So you got to get honest with yourself and realize that, hey, this isn't a message. This isn't something that we, that, that we figure out how to, how to tell the wife where she's at. This isn't something where, where we figure out how to, how, how to inform the, the world, the lost. No, this is where you and I look at our life and say, man, there's an area in my life where I'm ready to take a step. I'm ready to press in. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to change. I'm ready for God to be God in my life. And, 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 and I, I want to make certain that because, you know, there's some great men in the book who were first chair guys, but that somehow found themselves in the third chair by the end of their life. You know, how does this slip happen? How, how does this shift? How does this occur? What goes on in the heart or the mind of an individual that would cause him? You know, Solomon's a great example because Solomon, you know, he had, he had a, not only did he have a great dad, but he, but he had a great future. He had everything set up. But by the end of his life, he's leading an entire nation into idolatry. You know, what, what took place? Well, he got, he got kind of wise in his own eyes. He kind, he kind of started, you know, changing the priorities of, of his life. And, and it, you know, when temptation comes, temptation always comes in a sugar-coated fashion. You know, is he, the enemy doesn't show you a picture of, of, of ruin and destitution. No, he shows you something that you like, something that's enticing. He, so, he shows you something that's good, could be good. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. 
See, a lot of us, we fall for the, you know, the, we're tempted by what, what we call opportunity. Opportunity is one of the greatest strategies of the enemy to cause you to miss destiny. If all it takes for you to miss destiny is an opportunity, you're an easy mark. Because he can just send anybody to give you what you feel is, is an opportunity, and you'll, you'll pursue the opportunity under the impression. You'll tell yourself, that, that must be God. Must be God lead me that way because look what it's going to do for me. We're going to make more money or we're going we're, we're to be happier. You know, we'll be happier. Because, and, and, and a lot of us end up living a life of commitment to our own happiness instead of commitment to our own obedience. See, God, God, God would much, you know, I mean, just think about it. God probably wants you to obey. I mean, some of you are under the impression that he doesn't care if you do or not. That disobedience is totally good for you because you have some special deal worked out with God. Or, you, you know, you, you, you've, you've kind of hooked on to the, uh, to the grace teaching, that grace covers it all. And no matter what I do, the, the, well, grace is not a blanket to hide your sin under. It's not an excuse for disobedience. It's an empowering agent that gives you the ability to do what God's called you to do. Thank you for these shouts and these amens and stop it, stop it. I have to m- keep going. We're under the, we're under the, we're under the impression, is, is it okay? It, hey, if I don't take really long, can, can we get really real? How about that? How about if I get really real and really long? Oh, just, okay, just trying to sell it, but it, it's not going. Glad you're here, man. You got a visiting pastor from the great city of Yakima, the Palm Springs of Washington. <laughs> Love Jolly, man. He's awesome. And, and, uh, we're praying he gets saved tonight. But um, I know I'm not. Your wife has talked to me several times. Um, <laughs> we we, we want to be wholehearted servants of God. Serve the Lord your God with your whole heart. Not a half-hearted follower, but a whole-hearted servant of God. Whole-hearted servant, man, all in. God, I, I, I want you to be God, and I, I want to serve you. I live to serve you. I don't want it to be a lyric I sing in a worship service. I want it to be a definition of a life I live out every day. Huh? I want to, and any area, any area of deception, this is just what I'm praying, and I'm seeking God that, hey, any area in my life where deception has, has, has found a place to, to rest in my life, God, help me see it. Help me uncover it. You know, because James said, hey, man, if you ain't doing what he said, you deceive yourself. You, you, you look into the perfect law of liberty, and, and you see who you are, and then you go away and you forget I don't want to be a forgetful hearer, but an active doer. I want to do what God's called me to do. I want to live to cheerfully please God. Amen? And get myself off the throne and put God up there in every realm of my life, which means I have to be willing to make probably some hard choices. You with me? You got, you know, we started the year off. I don't know if you remember it. We started the year off that one of the things that God was speaking to us about is that this is going to be the year of hard choices, 
hard choices. Man, that sounded really cool on January 3rd. The closer we get to the 3rd of July, the, the more I, I think, dear Lord. Because, you know, man, making hard choices. You, you know, because it's easy to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. And it's another thing to take the step in the direction he's leading you. You know, Moses was a guy who, who kind of had a little bit of struggle here because God shows up in, in, in Moses' life. And, and God, if you, you know, if you know the history, if you know the stuff, you realize that God did some amazing things in that cat's life. I mean, for, right, right from the beginning. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just amazing. I, I don't have time to go. If I start, I'm going to spend, we are going to be long. But this guy had a, had a ma- major step in his life, and God shows up, and he's talking to him. And, and, and the problem is, is that God's people, and, and, uh, and he's telling Moses, and Moses knows, and, and, and they're, they're in bondage, and God's telling him, I'm going to use you to, to get them out of bondage. And, and Moses is like, dude, I don't think I'm the guy for the job. And, and it's hard to say that to the guy who made you. Huh? I don't have what it takes. And God's going, I'm pretty sure you do because I formed you. And before I formed you, I knew how I was going to use you. So that's the information I used to shape you. So I knew what you were going to need to do it. So I put it in you. I wired you for this. And, and I know you're not like anybody else. You're sanctified. You're set apart. You're different. And you, there's things in you that aren't in others. But I, I'm the guy that put it there. And I've empowered you to fulfill my purpose in your life. And I'm telling you that you, you can't go to God and tell him that you don't have what it takes to obey him. Because he knows you do because he gave it to you. <laughs> Think about that for just a minute. You know what that does to us? That, that eliminates all excuses. We don't have the right to disobey, but God's talking to Moses, and, 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 and you know, the conversation's going, and he's starting to break down Moses a little bit and start to line up with, okay, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm hearing you. Maybe this is what you want. Maybe, maybe I should obey. Maybe I, should, maybe I can do this. I don't know. You're going you're gonna to have to prove it to me, God. And, and, and uh, he, he makes this statement in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. And Moses is talking to him, and, and, and he, he asks a question. Uh, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them that their father's God has sent me, they're going to ask, which God are you talking about? Now, this week, you know, as I was reading that and just praying about it, and, and uh, you know, we just had a great week, but all week long just, you know, just looking at this, and, and we, we get home, and, and I open it up in, in this translation in the Living Bible because it's really cool. You know, which God are you talking about? When I tell them, your father's God sent me, which God are you talking about? You know, I, I wonder sometimes when uh, we are telling people about God, if they're not looking at us wondering, which of our gods are we talking about? Because we've got a bunch of them. Which, which, which God are you? I mean, I mean it's kind of like when you, when, when you say, God wants me more committed to happiness than he wants me committed to obedience. Really? Which God have you been talking to? Because it's not the same. I don't think it's the one that wrote the book. You know, hey, you know, some things never change. Mankind left to his own devices always winds up in bondage. Always. You know, well, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, right? Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the ends are the ways of death. There's, there's a way that seems right to us that always ends up in the same place. 
the wrong place. But when you do life God's way, it always ends up in the same place, the right place. God's trying to get you to the right place for your life. There's a right way for you. There's a right way for your future. There's a right way for your possessions. There's a right way. And when we do life God's way, sometimes though we're tricked and we're, we, we deceived ourselves and we think we're living life God's way, but it depends on which God we're talking about. Are we talking about the God that, that, that puts you up on top? Are we talking about the God that you serve that, that wants you to, to have a life of, of comfort and convenience? You know, are we, which God are we talking about? There's a God, there's a God that, would, that would ask you to not forsake the assembling together of the saints as the manner of many are. And then there's a God that says, well, God knows I'm busy. And God, God you know, my, my church life, my, my church life, that, that's... that's you know, this one day a week, I have a church life thing. Well, really, so God doesn't want you committed to the cause of Christ. Which God are you talking about? Well, God understands my financial position, and he knows I can't obey him in the, in the area of giving. Oh, my God, he's going to talk about money. Yeah, why not? Which God are we going to talk about? The God that said, hey, bring all the tithe in, you know, the God that, you know, which God are we talking about? Man, I just think this is an amazing question for us as we, you know, as, as we look at our lives and realize that what God is wanting to do is to bring us into a place of insane freedom. I'm talking about a level of freedom like, like you ain't never seen before. You don't, just don't know the, the, the freedom that God wants to bring, he, and he wants to bring you out of bondage. And, and look what he says to him there. He says, you know, tell him, uh, you know, man, uh, it's the God. What am I, what am I going to tell? And, and if you look up, uh, i gave you another verse in Exodus, right? Pop that one up there. Check this out. He said, uh, I have come to deliver them from the Egyptians, to take them out of Egypt. That's bondage. I've come. I, I, I love those first five words. I have come to deliver. Man, you got to understand what God's doing, why he's showing up in your life, and why he's getting involved in your stuff, and why he's wanting to, why he's trying to, to, to mess with you, okay? Because he's come to deliver. Okay, I have come to deliver. I'm telling you, God is, is working in your life to bring you to deliverance, to bring you to a place of freedom, to bring you to a place of liberty, to bring you to, my God, somebody. And you know what? The chains of bondage, he, he wants them off your life. And, and, and he said, I, I've come to deliver them and, and, and to take them into a good land. Everybody say good land. Good land. Uh, and, and a large, say large land. And a land, say a flowing land. Look at where God's taking you. It's a good land, it's a large land, and it's a flowing land. It's a good land. The word good means something that gives of itself for the betterment of its environment. He's taking you to a place that is bigger than you. Okay? He's taking you to a place. He really wants all the families of the earth to be blessed by you. And in order to be a blessing to others, it doesn't take a lot of, this is not a genius moment, but the reality is, is that, you know, in order to bless others, you will have to be blessed first. Amen. You can't do, you can't give something that you ain't got. So, you know, if God wants to bless the world through you, you're going to have to be blessed. The, the enemy, the enemy wants to put you into a bondage. He wants you to think about only you. See, that's not a good land. That's a you land. That, 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 that's not Zoe life. That's Yoe life. 
right? Where, where all I think about is me and what I want and when I want it and how I want it. We got to break that. We gotta, that's a bondage that a lot of us live in that, that he wants to bring us out of into a, into a good, a large land, man, a large land. And I just, want, I just want to throw this out at you for just a minute. God wants to bring you out of bondage and into a large place because some of us are so small-minded, our thinking is so small. You know, we're, we're, we, we contain everything that we, everything that we get our hands on. We just make it so small. And God couldn't possibly be for those people. Look at those people. That's second chair mindset. See, a first chair mindset realizes that, you know what, God's thinking bigger than I am. Matter of fact, you know, in the Word, if you'll study the book, and, you know, I've spent the, the last several years diving into this book and trying to find the, you know, so, some insight and revelation. But one of the things that I've noticed is that when God's dealing with us, it, you know, when he's talking about us, it, 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 it's, it's not you and me. He's always looking at three generations. I mean, that's the smallest realm he works in. You know, I, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. There's always at least three generations. And, and you know what the enemy wants you to do is he wants you to think small. He wants you to just take care of you. Just make sure that you got what you need. Just make sure, and, and you know, and, and it just, it makes everything. No, that's not the land that God's taking you to. He's taking you to a large land where you're not intimidated by the success of somebody else. You realize that, you know what, there's probably enough success to go around. See, this poverty mindset that thinks that, man, if I don't hold on to what I got, I'm going to lose. No, no, no. There's, there's more than enough. And it's a land that's flowing with abundance, flowing with sweetness. Milk and honey. Milk speaks of abundance. And honey, man, that's the sweetness. Of life. There's an abundance of it. But God said, hey, man, I've come to deliver. And see what a lot of us are under the, here's what we want. We're thinking, okay, God's going to deliver me. God's going to deliver me. It's going to be awesome. I'm not going to have any more, any more struggle. I'm not going to have any more warfare. I'm not going to have any more challenges. No, that's not deliverance. That's translation. See, see you're thinking that God's going to pick you up out of your current position and translate you into a different situation, like white sandy beach, a grass hut, you know, Drinking out of a cup with an umbrella in it. Hello? Right, Izzy? Last week, swimming in the Hawaiian Islands. You know, that's what I, God's going to deliver me. You know what the word deliver means? It means to equip, to fight, and win. God is going to, he said, I've come to, I've come to deliver. I've come to equip you to engage in the fight and win it. <laughs> Listen, he's come to, to get you some freedom, some liberty, okay? Freedom is never granted voluntarily by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. If you're going to get freedom in your life, let me tell you how you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it just because you showed up. You, you know, one, one, one of our society's greatest non-strengths is that we're all, we're all like into this participation award thing. You know, give all the kids a trophy whether they win or lose. Give everybody a trophy. That's not biblical. The Bible says that, hey, all the athletes in a race are running. Only one of them is going to win. So run to win. You get in this fight. You, you know what would blow a lot of believers away? 
is if they could see the, the, the win-loss bracket. If they could see, you know, because a team that's doing pretty good, you know, he's got seven wins and four losses. That's pretty good. He's doing pretty good. You know, uh, a team that's doing great, you, you know, they got nine wins, two losses. You know, and, and a lot of people, you know, if they could see their, their spiritual warfare win-loss bracket. You know, you got, you know, the brother's got three wins and 247 losses. And he's thinking, what are you talking about? I've only been in three fights. That's why. Because when you don't show up for the fight, you forfeit the win. See, a bunch of people, you, you, haven't, even got a, you haven't even got a clue how, how victorious you could be had you not skipped the fight. Oh, God doesn't want me to fight. Really? Which God are we talking about? Look, look at this verse. I'm going to take them into this land. It's good, it's large, and it's flowing. Oh, by the way, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites live there. No. Take me to a land without any parasites. I, I don't like ites. I want to Ite-free land. And God says, I want you to be in an ite-free land. But I want you to possess the land. You're going into, look at somebody, tell them, you're going to go possess some land. Oh, come on, look the other way, you must like that person. Tell them, you're on your way to possess some land. How many people want to possess some new ground in your life? Come on, you want it? You want some new ground? You want some, okay. Here's what the word possess means. <laughs> to drive out the previous tenant, make him poor and dwell in his place. Well, I just thought that I could show up. That's what the enemy wants you to think. See, the enemy wants you to be in this bondage. He, 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 wants, to, he wants to tempt you to take the easy way. Because if you take the easy way, you don't have to make the hard decisions. That makes sense. If I go the easy way, the hard decisions, I don't have to deal with them. See, cause, why? Well, because it's easier to justify an uncommitted lifestyle than it is to change it. It's so funny the way you look at me sometimes. <laughs> See, it's just easier to live uncommitted than it is to change to commitment. I want, and, we, and, and I want this, and I want that, and I, you know, oh, I wish, I, I wish I could play the bass like, you know, like Ryan does. Have you practiced? No. Are you going to practice? Uh-uh. Then it ain't going to happen. I wish I had what they had. Yeah, but you won't do anything that they did to get it. See, we live an undisciplined life. It's the life of ease. We want the easy way out. It's just easier. It's the way that seems right. Uh, hey, uh, in, in one of your devices, look up uh, Romans 8, 6 in the Amplified Bible, and, and uh, uh, I just want to read it. Romans 8, 6 in the Amplified Bible. 
So I, I don't know that I gave you that, did I? I didn't. Who, who's got it? There, there it is. Is it really big print? Will it read itself to us? Can I? Is there an app for that? The mind of the flesh, which is sense. Oh, by the way, you got a you got a text. The mind of the flesh. Your husband is hot. That's what it said. What are you laughing at? The, the mind of the flesh. That person has the mind of the flesh. Which is sense. Listen, listen to the Amplified. It describes it. Which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit is death. But the mind of the Spirit is life. And peace now and forever. See, a lot of us, we have sense and reason, but we don't include the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's just easier. It's just easier to live a life that makes sense to me. It's it's hard. To trust God in things that I, I can't wrap my brain around. You know, God telling me to, to give him, my, you know, my income. Wait, what, what about me? God telling me to, to give him my time. Wait, I'm so busy. I don't have time. See, we want, we want to do things for God that don't take away from the things we do for ourselves. But a lot of times what you need to do to be effective is to take away what you like and replace it with what God wants. See, think about it. The, the whole idea of fasting. Remember when Ezra said we, we were fasting and praying and seeking God for the right way. For he, he, They took away something they liked, food, in order to, to, to go after what God wanted. See, you and I, we live a life that tries to add what God likes to what we like as long as we have enough time, enough money, enough opportunity to fit him in. We take the easy way out. The temptation comes to all of us. Choose the easy way. Don't make the hard choice. Don't make the hard choice. Because you know what? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You know, it just doesn't make sense. You know, the kids are going to end up hating church. If we're always in church, the kids are going to end up hating church. I have three examples of men serving God in church. I was in church the day I was born, which is where I think you guys really failed, because, you know, they had a baby last week, right? Friday. Saturday, were you here? Sunday? Oh, my God. Okay. There's a way that seems right into a man. Did I say that out loud? Okay, okay. here's the deal, is that the, the mindset doesn't, doesn't connect. I mean, it just doesn't connect. There's too many people in the room. That, that, were, that were raised in the house of God, and they're here serving God. See, it, did, it didn't make sense, but the Spirit was added. I'm just saying, it, it's hard to make the hard choices. See, it's just easier to, you know, man, I'm trying to, trying to be semi-nice. But, but, you know, 
well, let me just say this because there's people who might get the tape. Um, parents, listen. It's easier to be a friend than it is to be a parent. But when you're a friend to your child, you destroy his future. It doesn't make sense. It's because you're not bright. You know, we don't think like God thinks. We make easy choices. See, think about it. Jesus goes off into the desert, fasts 40 days, 40 nights. He comes out, he's hungry. Duh. Okay? And, and here comes the enemy. And he begins to tempt him. And what's he say? He says, hey, dude, take the stones, turn them into bread. Now think about it for just a minute. That would be good. There's really great implication here. Because remember, Jesus is going to say, hey, the works that I do, you're going to do them also. So when he starts turning stones into bread, then so are we. So think about it. Why wouldn't it be okay? Because you could end world hunger. The temptation was, hey, make it easy. Take matters into your own hands. See, this makes sense to you. It would be easy. It would be a good thing. Why, why not do that? What about the second temptation? Hey, fall down and worship me, and I'll give you all authority on earth. And, and you know, most of my life I was taught that Jesus already had authority on earth. Well, then how would that be a temptation? It's not a temptation if he already has authority on earth. You no, know, no, the enemy. The enemy is, you know, has, has the power, but God's raising you up with the authority. And so if Jesus took the authority, then you wouldn't get it. Hello, somebody. Look at Luke 10, 19. I, I gave you that verse. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm you. God's raising you up with authority. See, what was that third temptation? Uh, the third temptation was, hey, just chuck yourself down off this mountain and, and tell God to have his angels rescue you. And, 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 and that'll be impressive. That, but what does that do? Well, that temptation says, how about you, you perform an action that requires God to serve you instead of you serving God? You know what all of these temptations have in common? They're the easy way out. Jesus is on his way to the cross. And he's tempting him, saying, hey, there's an easier way. There's an easier way. You know, if I give you authority, think what you can do. No more wars. The multiple trillions of dollars that we spend on military defense can be used to, to build shelters and, 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 and education. And, and look, look at what could happen. But wait a minute, that's outside God's plan. Well, why? Why? You're not God, and I'm not God. He don't serve us. We serve Him. And it's not always easy to follow His plan. But His plan always takes you to the right place. What seems right to you always takes you to the wrong place. And there's something you need to understand uh, uh, about the word place. 
It's a position of effectual opportunity. That God is going to guide you step by step to put you into a position of insane opportunity where his love, his life can flow through you. See, remember in the Bible when it says, hey, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, here it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love God. Love God. Here's the question. Which God are you talking about? Which, Which God do you love with all your heart? Which God gets to make the final decision? Which God do you love with all your strength? Can you imagine looking God in the eye and telling him what you're asking me? I, I can't afford it. What, what you're asking from me? I don't have time. What you want me to do? It's too hard. hard. It's a Hittite. It's a Canaanite. You know, I'm out of time. I'd tell you what each of those ites, you know, the ancient people were very simple. If they lived in a big, if the city was big, it was probably called big city. If everybody were horsemen there, it would probably be called horse city. You know, let me tell you, I'll just tell you one of them. The Canaanites, you know what they were known for? Greed and lust for material accumulation. God's saying, hey, I want you to go into the land, but I want you to drive out greed. I want you, I want you to deal with that one. You know what? This is going to be a hard choice. I don't want you to live for you. I want you to, I want you to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Oh, and, and if you slip on that one, hit the next one. Love others. I want you to live to give. Don't live to get. And if you do it, you'll get so much, you can't contain it. You'll have more than enough. But if you put your trust in your stuff, someday you're going to find out it didn't work. You can, you can spend a lot of time feeling, you know, pretty good, but you're going to find out in the end, oh, it's separation. It's isolation. Each one of those ites represents something in our life that God wants to give us deliverance from. He wants to equip us to fight it and win. But you have to make a decision. It's a hard one. I'll get in a fight. See, you don't want a win-loss record. Three wins, 247 losses. Because you just didn't show up to the fight. It just seemed easier. Stay in the second chair. I mean, that guy's not going to fight. At least I'm better than him. He's, he's, not gonna, he's not trying to make changes. And you know what? A lot of these changes, a lot of this, a lot of this pressing in, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me. Well, see, the mind of the flesh is sense and reason. Just no Holy Spirit. And a lot of times what the Holy Spirit's telling us to do is cross the line of reason, which positions God to do unreasonable things. 
in our life? Which God are you talking about? Who sent you? <laughs> the God of your fathers. Which one? The one who came to deliver. See those other ones? When you make the easy choice, always leads to bondage. And a lot of us, we've made the easy choices. We have bondage in so many areas of our life. God just wants you free. He just wants you empowered, positioned to win, to succeed. He, 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 he wants to give you a wide open door to an effectual opportunity. He wants your life to make a difference for something that's eternal. Can we be a people who say, you know what? I'll do what Jesus said. Jesus said this. He said, if you desire to be my disciple, and I, I wish I had more time because I'd love to talk about a desire to be a disciple. See, a lot of us, we, we want to be a disciple, but we don't want to put no passion in it. He said, you know what? You're going to have to have some passion for this because you're going to have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Jesus, on the way to the cross, is given this opportunity to take the easy way out. You carry your cross. You're on your way to a cross. But it's an empty one. And the guy who's walking with you didn't choose the easy way. And he's going to empower you. Come on. Take that step. Trust me. Put your entire trust. Acts 16.31. One more scripture. Acts 16.31 in the message is awesome. Put your entire trust in the master Jesus. Can you find it? Can you put it up there for me? Acts 16.31 in the message. Put your entire trust in the master Jesus. And you'll live the life you're meant to. Oh, and your whole house too. <laughs> and your whole house too. Man, if you'll make a hard choice, it'll liberate not only you, but it'll liberate the generations that are coming after you. Because when you do what he said, he'll produce what he promised every single time. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head for just a moment. We're going to pray. I just want to pray for you. Father, help us be people who are willing to make a hard choice. Help us be a people who make a decision to make you the God we're talking about so that when people ask us, they know who we mean. That it's you. It's, it's not greed. It's not self. It's not comfort. It's not convenience. It's the God who came to deliver. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're all going to pray one more prayer together. And if you're in this place tonight, maybe you have never truly surrendered your life to Jesus. I want, I want to invite you to make this prayer your prayer. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've prayed this prayer before, but you know you're in a position tonight where, you, where you've just been going after self. You just know that, you know what, I need, I need to refresh and renew my relationship with God tonight. Then make this prayer your prayer. And I just want to agree with you. I won't call you out or have you stand. But if you're in the room tonight and you say, you know what, Tom, this is my night. I'm going to make a decision. And this is not an easy decision to follow Jesus, I'm telling you. But he will empower you to succeed. 
He'll surround you with, with life and with strength and with help. And if you're going to make that decision tonight, if you're willing to make a hard choice, I'm going to serve God. I want you to make this your prayer. And if that's you, while nobody's looking, just hold your hand up so I can agree with you in prayer. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. So cool. When everybody in this place, let's all pray it together. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I need you. I know I need you. I know I need your love. I know I need your acceptance. I know I need your forgiveness. Come into my life and change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me wisdom. I choose to live for you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give him one more shout, one more praise.